again. All right, say something. Something. All right, say something again. Let's go again. Let's go. This goes. <laughs> okay, Marshall, you're on the mic. That's sick. <laughs> I think that the rare breed of someone who's a professional musician who isn't a prick, good for them. Yeah. I have the the best record. There's like the the popular stuff that gets like blown out of proportion, like mm-hmm. whatever your Scarlet Begonia is and and whatever. I don't know who that is. Um, so it's one of their songs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's people being like, ah, like the culture sucks, and you're like, yeah, the culture sucks, but like. Here, let me play you something, and like I won't tell you who it is, and then we'll play like their old blue stuff, and they're like, "Oh, this is like kind of sick." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's the Grateful Dead from the '60s. They're yeah. dope." <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all! Welcome back to What the Hell Do I Do Now? I'm your host, Genevieve Henderson, and I am so excited that you've tuned in. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, send it to your friends and family, anyone who resonates with the things we talk about. So. Here we go, y'all. Hope you enjoy. We're here. Marshall loves a mic. We're here with Marshall Winter. We're in the same grad program, and I found out this year that he used to dabble and still does dabble in skateboarding, but a lot more than I realized, I guess. I was at Clayton's house and he was telling Mm -hmm. me that he was at the skate park one time in Boulder and some guy was talking about a guy named Marshall Winter and Clayton was like, it's weird, I know a Marshall Winter and connected some dots and then like freaked out internally. (laughs) It's funny the random connections like that that come out of skateboarding. Actually, Brady as well, Mm -hmm. we had a couple classes together. Um, and then like, it was our first in-person class, like po- post COVID and he came up to me and he's like, dude, I gotta ask, <laughs> like, are you the Marshall Winter from the half medium skate videos? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, that's sick. I'm Brady like, like fanboyed too a little bit to me. <laughs> so I'm like calling poor Brady and Clayton. I'm like, sorry, sorry y'all. I don't want to call out your fanboys. It was cool to hear. I was just curious. Can you give us a background and yeah. we can start from there? For sure. How far back should I go? The origins? The origins. From um, birth, I guess. (laughs) I started skating when I was like 12. Kind of immediately fell in in love with it. I played a lot of like team sports as a kid, just like any Midwest boy does. I would get really, really like frustrated with my teammates and shit. Yeah. Like would yell at them. and just like really inappropriate. Just like had such a temper. And I found skating and I was like, sweet, like this is this thing that I can like do with all of my friends, but like the responsibility of it like falls on me. Yeah. Um, and so I really like that and it's like all creativity and, and whatever. Man, I guess there's like so many directions I could go with that. Take uh, you got the wheel. I guess as far as just like the like what I'm like known for, I'll say that in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's air quoting. In in skating is like I moved to Arizona to to go to school um, and kind of fell in with a crowd there that made like really popular independent um, videos. Um, so independent in that like there's no company backing them. So kind of like gained a little following that way, I guess. And then when I was finishing school, I kind of like got all of my my sponsors and was skating for um, Santa Cruz Skateboards and um, this like old shoe company called Vox and had like some other sponsors and started kind of like going on on trips with them and how old are you at this point like 22 okay so started taking it like very i mean it was it was like the driving force in my life for 
all of those years, like that whole decade, but started taking it like very, very seriously from like 20 to, to 23 or 24. Where's some places you traveled to, to skate? Really a lot of the Southwest. I, yeah, I was in school in Phoenix. Um, we go to Tucson all the time. Albuquerque, New Mexico is amazing. Yeah. Trips like San Diego, LA. Nice. Like California yeah. and all that. Yeah. So amazing. Kind of like the epicenter of, of yeah. the skate world. <laughs> For real. I'm not going to lie. Skated a little bit myself. Nice. I got a skateboard that my mom like took me to a skate shop and I just got all the like, coolest, like cutest yeah. stuff I could find. Hell yeah. And um, it was not good, but we would do little jumps into the grass uh, with a little ramp. Nice. Uh, never landed. Skateboard never stayed on my feet. But fun anyway. But fun. Very yeah. fun anyways. Okay. And so what stopped that? Like at 24, you said you took it serious from 20 to 24. Yeah. Uh, I was actually ahead of this uh, interview. I was like kind of reflecting on that. You know, when you look back on decisions that you made in your life and it's like kind of hard to imagine that you're the one that made that decision. Yeah. It just kind of feels like that's what happened. I think there were a lot of things going on. I think skating although like offered me a lot of awesome things and like great community and way to like explore the world through like a very unique lens also served like as a kind of a band-aid for a lot of like emotional I mean I'll, I'll say trauma I guess but just like my way of coping with the world this was like the one thing that I was linearly focused on yeah and so I didn't have to think about anything else so it started as this thing that I loved to do and then kind of turned into this this trap of like, okay, I'll be happy when mm. I'm pro, or like yeah. I'll be happy when I'm going on trips with, the, you know, with Santa Cruz or whatever. And then you are. <clears throat> and then I am, and then this moment of like, huh, why why am I not happy? This yeah. is like what I wanted. So I think like that that played a big role in it. I guess two things I'll say. One is like the best case scenario, I would have been like a B or C list like amateur skateboarder. Like there was never like a like a serious future option okay. with it. You know, like at best I could have like gone on more trips, made a little bit of money here and there. Yeah. Um, and like had a lot of fun with it. Nothing like sustainable, solely independent of just no. that. It had, it would have been that plus yeah. something else. Yeah. And I think like it's important to understand like when the, the word like pro skateboarder can mean so many different things. Yeah. And maybe 5% of people that are considered professional skateboarders if we're being generous, we'll say 10. Okay. Um, 10% of people who are considered professional skateboarders are, like, making a comfortable living doing it. Just that. For more than a couple years at a time. Wow. And, like, a lot of pros who are, like, my favorite skaters, um, there was this dude, Anthony Schultz, that, like, rode for, for Slave Skateboards, who was, like, the sickest. And I remember being 19 and be like, yeah, some, someone told me that Anthony Schultz, like, delivers pizzas, like, on the side. And you're like, oh, so that's what this, that's what this means. Yeah. You, like, abuse your body and get exploited for a few years yeah so that's like the pessimist side of me okay <laughs> and then I also just like didn't like the the pressure of it there was like this switch from skating being this thing that I got to go do um to being this thing that I felt like I had to go do mm-hmm. the purest part of me was like why the fuck am I doing that it's like not what this is about yeah something you like loved so much and love I'm sure you still love but yeah has a different meaning or relationship with you now yeah oh for sure for sure um, i think like the act of skateboarding is still like one of the coolest things yeah the scene that i and like the pressure and the competitiveness that i like i think there's a culture of it but it was, a lot of it was self-imposed yeah um 
I didn't, I didn't love that. Did you have people who felt similar? Or did you, I guess, did you even know you felt that when you were in it? Um, sure. I, I did. And I remember a specific time, like Santa Cruz sent me like a, it was like a Google spreadsheet of like all the different magazines and all the different types of coverage you could get in the magazines. And they were like, we're tracking the coverage you're getting. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, it was just like yeah. a, a kind of a gross side of the industry that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like someone benefiting off of your, and yeah. like keeping tabs on yeah, you. Yeah, keeping tabs. Exactly. What you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense from a business perspective, but it's like, are you profitable? Like, what's your worth to us? Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not why I started doing this. Yeah. And at the same time that I was kind of going through this, like, existential crisis of, like, who the fuck, like, who am I outside of skateboarding? And I, you're 20... 23, maybe 24 yeah. at the time. I had, like, gone climbing outside for the first time and was like, huh, like, maybe... Maybe this is something I could be really into. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you find that you would try other things while you were skateboarding? Not really. Like, I mean, I'm still even this way. It's like I'm so linearly focused on the thing that I'm doing. Like, yeah. I say it as a joke to, to my friends, but I'm like really into like honing the craft, you know? <laughs> my my partner Megan or like some of my other friends are like, I consider them like life enthusiasts where they're really into like a lot of different things and like yeah. enjoying <laughs> them. And for me, it's like, if I'm doing a lot of different things, it like takes away from, from honing the craft and mm. like the craft right now is climbing, right? Yeah. So, no, I'm always I, skating, climbing, whatever. It's always been like very That's like, tunnel vision on, on yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. So was there a point at the, as you were leaving, at least like the professional realm of, and sponsorships and all of that, mm -hmm. um, to traveling tours? Um, or is that the word that... Yeah, yeah, sure. I guess that. traveling with companies. Was there a, a moment where you were like, it, one day you were doing it and one day you weren't? Or was it a slow transition out? Uh, yeah, good question. It, it was a slow transition where I moved to Denver for a summer to skate and then went back to Arizona. Basically, the, there's like three places you can live in, in the country and like have a professional skate career. Um, and it's Arizona, California, and New York. And Arizona's even, like, kind of a gray area. Okay. So I was all set to move to California with a friend and, like, do the thing. Like, be in the scene, like, network, whatever yeah. the fuck. And he ended up tearing his ACL. And so he had stayed in, in Arizona. And I remember, like, feeling this, like, kind of sigh of relief. Like, sick. Like, I get to go back to Arizona. I don't have to go to Oceanside. Wow. So I, I went back to Arizona and kind of, like, started to, you know ruminate on all these different things and again like instead of moving to California after that I moved to Colorado and I think that was like a my sponsors felt it I felt it me kind of like tiptoeing backwards just being like yeah. sweet what's the least amount of work I can do like just like, like kind of vanishing like you're like yeah 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 and then there was a specific point where there was like a team manager change at Santa Cruz and like NHS which is like the dis distribution company that has like boards, wheels, whatever, like a bunch of my sponsors. I like asked for a package. They said they sent it. I never got it. I reached out again and he's like, oh, let me check on it. And then I reached out again and like didn't hear back from him. And I was like, okay, I guess that's it. Yeah. What? Um, I guess that's it. Like sick. Yeah. That's like madness. <laughs> like the fact that it's like this company, this entity that you were pouring and working for and being tracked by and your life was... 
under them for a little bit just was was like and it's i don't think that's an unusual story like i think people that again like i i i I want to make clear that I'm like, I wasn't a a big deal for this company or a big deal on the scene outside of this kind of niche local independent scene. Um, Or maybe not local, but niche independent scene. So I think it was really easy for them to like kind of just kick me to the curb and I didn't really think twice, but I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. That's the way this shit worked. But still it's like, there's like no, we were just talking about like termination in Mm -hmm. counseling, like the last session. I'm really bad at, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'll definitely see you later, but I, I definitely won't. Or I always do that with people on the phone. I'll be like, yeah, I'll text you later. I'll like call you mm-hmm. later tonight. But I, I have like, I just say it because I don't want to say goodbye. Yeah. And that idea of like, there's just no f- actual acknowledgement of goodbye, but it was just, it was kind of acknowledgement without saying it was, but not at all. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, for sure. It's like, it's interesting. Um, it's like the sponsorship equivalent of ghosting, I guess. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, if I was like still trying to be in the scene or whatever, it would have it would have been like heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but again, I think like we we all kind of got the sense of what was happening. Yeah, you kind of decided without saying like you knew, but you were just kind of like, sweet, okay, I'll just keep taking the waves and. Yeah, like I was still out in in Denver, like filming tricks and like. Yeah you know posting on instagram or whatever like trying to stay in the scene a little bit but wasn't the same as like being in california like putting in work like trying to be the guy do you think that you have found the relationship that you had with skateboarding that you'd started when you were 12 again or are you Mm. still kind of like getting back to it does it look different what's that yeah well i guess like the point i'm at now with skating is there were like two to three maybe even four years after I had like left my sponsors and like moved to Boulder from Denver, um, that I didn't skate at all. Um, like not once. I think that was me just trying to like figure out what my relationship was going to be like with it and just feeling like kind of bitter and jaded and whatever. At this point I skate maybe like once a month, twice a month, um, tops. Like in the winter I find that I skate more because it's like warm in the valley or whatever, but, um, in the mountains it's still snowy and shit. And I think that my relationship is definitely definitely looks more like it did when it started, where it was just like joy and like there's there's very few expectations of what I how I should be performing at this point because yeah. like I don't do it enough to to feel like I need to be landing these tricks with this consistency whatever. Oh my gosh! Um, so I like go out and every time I like surprise myself where I'm like, damn, that's <laughs> sick, and I just like <laughs> yeah, I was like back home in Chicago for a wedding um, and got to skate with a bunch of dudes that I grew up skating with like a month ago. And it was the first time I'd skated with, like, a big group of people in, in years. And just, like, the joy and the psych and, like, everyone's feeding off each other. But everyone's, like, doing their own things. Yeah. And it's just, like, God, it's the sickest fucking environment. It's, it, like, so cool. It sounds awesome. It's, like, having the support of a team without depending on anyone else. Yeah, for That's sure. Amazing. Yeah. Like, the responsibility falls on you, but, like, everyone's there rooting for you. When I used to film tricks you know, having, like, two, three carloads of people, like, no one else is skating a spot, everyone's watching you, and they're just like, fuck yeah, you so got awesome. it, and you, like, land a trick, and everyone's, like, <laughs> freaking out, like, I don't know, it's a really cool, something super, like, special about it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found that in any other area? Not really, like, I think that you get a little bit of that in, in climbing, but it's not the same. Like, I think the closest thing that you get to that in climbing is, like, bouldering at the gym, where, like, mm. everyone's 
can kind of do their own thing, but everyone's like psyched. But it definitely feels different. I don't think there's anything that's like quite like that, aside from you know like other other extreme sports or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, like filming ski tricks or whatever. I'm assuming you snowboard. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you can do similar things or build from your skateboarding experience into that? Yes and no. I think like I used to film snowboarding tricks in Illinois um, oh. in the winter, like in like, Illinois. Yeah. Like on hills. Well, yeah, or or like, like we would. There's. Have you ever watched any like street snowboarding videos? I guess I have. I actually watched this movie. Uh, North Face put it out. Learning to drown. I haven't seen it. I'll send it to you. Okay. It's so good. Sure. But it's this female. I'm gonna just look it up. I have my computer right here. No, I'm gonna look up on my phone. And it's she's like one of the first female freestyle snowboarders mm-hmm. that they just like build it, build stuff on different steps or different rails. Like out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, her name is Jess Kimura. The the videos that she puts out are sweet. And I remember she was saying how, as a female, she would show up to stuff and guys would be like, this fucking girl. Yeah. And then she would, she would like do shit that no one had ever seen. Yeah. And when they first, when she first, I don't know what it was called, but she did this jump and this trick that no one had ever landed, but she had all of her gear on. And so all the guys were like, dude, that was sick. Like thought it was a guy. And she takes off the and she was, and Yeah. And they were like, what the? And after like that, a, she was just in. Fuck. There's like an old Disney movie. Like a, you remember the motocross Disney movie? Yes. <laughs> the BMX. Like the, she was I like biking. it was biking. motorcycles. She like pretends to be her brother. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of that. Yeah. Sick. I'll send you this. So it's so good. And. I mean, I cried like the whole time watching it. So yeah. just heads up, but and and so I did a lot of a lot of that in in Illinois in the winter, um, which I think is like more closely related to skating. But I think as far as snowboarding out here, it's like I don't, it's too it's too gnarly to like. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Like I don't really like derails or jumps or anything when I'm snowboarding. So I think like it helps in being comfortable like on a board, but it's certainly not like I'm like hucking my body down shit. Yeah. It's just like everything's bigger and you're strapped in and it's just kind of a scary different thing you know? yeah did you have any injuries so many <laughs> let's have a few what are we what are we working with dislocated my foot like tib fib like oh. you know, a bunch of hardware in my left ankle wow um how long were you out or i guess were you probably supposed to be not skateboarding after that um i i was 17 when it happened um it was like a year until I was like skating normally again, like wow. a full year. And I was just like heavy into like doing drugs and shit. It was yeah. like, it was not, not a good, not a good year of my life. So that one I think is like probably the most serious. One time I sacked a rail so bad that I was like, I had like, had to go to the ER and like had a catheter in for a couple of days and oh shit like gosh. that. Um, do you think that like held you back or when you would do a trick or something, would you feel yourself kind of? after injuries or things like that um the like sacking the rail one for sure that yeah. changed the way that I skated a lot and I think like instead of going with the flow of that I mean like oh like maybe I don't love skating like big rails because like that's scary as hell yeah um but, and that was like sort of the thing that I liked to do um I really tried to force it which is like interesting in hindsight but yeah definitely like transitioned me away from trying to be like gnarly guy to being like okay how can I like tastefully like use yeah. this spot or like I need to be realistic with the fact that, like, I just fucked myself. Yeah, And I don't want to sure. do that again. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know, I, like, broke my left wrist maybe, like, four times. Oh, my gosh. Like, knocked a bunch of teeth, like, up into my face one time. 
That sounds... One time I broke my pinky toe and smacked my face in the same call. Like, <laughs> just like random shit. I don't know. Like, oh, and I'm sure you have a lot of it on video. Yeah. Like, how, do you watch it back? Are you like, I want to uh, see what just happened or... In the, like, in the moment? Or after, once you're um, kind of fixed up a little bit? I mean, like, no, I don't, like, watch it to, like, replay, like, what could I have done differently? But yeah. the, the one where I spent the night in the hospital when I, like, sacked the rail is one of the, like, introduction clips to, like, my, um, like, one of my video parts. So it's like, yeah, I've seen that, like, a million times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ow. Okay, so a little bit like every I'm, time. Like, watching my video parts all the time, but... Especially with the pressure of wanting to do do well and like mm-hmm. you I'm sure at first when you have all these sponsors and you're like okay I need to be landing some of these mm-hmm. you throw your body into it and then if you come out injured you're like not only are you damn it I wish I would have landed that but also like I just broke my wrist and this sucks for sure and I think like yeah like arm stuff like whatever skaters are, will will like just skate through that with casts on but like you see a lot of people ruin their careers with like ACL injuries are really common, MCL injuries, um, gnarly broken legs, where it's just like people are at the height of their game yeah. one day, break the shit out of their leg, and like that's kind of that, you know? Like yeah. they can come back and they can skate, but it's never, it's not the same level. They've kind of like lost their professional momentum. Yeah. Um, like super common for that to happen. Yeah. So what? it's a house of cards for sure. Yeah, it's just like kind of a gamble. And it's not even a gamble, it's like, not if you get hurt, but when you get hurt and maybe it's yeah. not a horrible injury and maybe it's career ending. Yeah, totally. But it, you have to take as that far chance. as like getting hurt, yeah, it's a, a matter of when. And then, yeah, you're just like hoping it's not a knee. Really is like the big one that happens a lot. What did the first month after, I guess you moved to Denver look like for you? I guess it was, I was still like trying to skate and stuff because that was like what I knew. Yeah. Um, and that's what my community was doing. So I was kind of more into trying to like work and save up as much money as possible so I could take a bunch of time off okay. um, was like kind of my my new psych so I could you know whatever just like bop around for the summer um, yeah. and skate a little bit but like explore national parks or whatever kind of was like a, a new interest to me there's so much to do here yeah totally. that like you didn't re- I mean I guess Arizona has some a lot of outdoorsy mm-hmm. things but you don't realize it's overwhelming yeah the amount of things and expensive yeah to get into Right, and I think, like, Arizona was a good introduction to that and also kind of contributed to me, like, phasing out. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I moved to Denver, I was still, like, skating on the weekends, filming tricks, going to the skate park at night, and then would go on hikes or would, you know, I'd met someone in Boulder who climbed, so I'd, like, or I'd come climb, like, just Boulder by myself, like, up on Flagstaff or whatever, and just kind of was, like, doing a mix of, of things and kind of trying to figure out, like, where my, where my psych was at. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get into counseling? Kind of a, a, a multifaceted I was answer, say, I suppose. It might be a, a loaded question. I think the first thing that got me interested in it is like my mom is a therapist. Um, she's not retired, but she had like a very nice work-life balance, which is something that's really, really important to me. So that was one. I was a sociology major with a psych minor, kind of like social sciences were the only thing that like made sense to me. And I think kind of the socio- sociological background and how that contributes to the individual is something that was really interesting to me. Sociology was the hardest class I ever took. Really? Which is, I barely made it through. It's it's funny, um, this is tangential, but, you know, I, like, went to school 
with the sole focus of like, I'm moving to Arizona to go skate and I have to go to school. Hmm. So I started as a philosophy major and like took one sociology class and was like, yeah, sick. This is it. It's easy. Like <laughs> I could take online classes when I want to just like, whatever. It just like made sense. So I could like maximize skate time. Ended up being like awesome. Yeah. Took one class. That was it. It was hard. That in philosophy, I was like, nope. Yeah, I was a philosophy major before I was a sociology major. First class I took in college, I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah. I would ask my teacher a question. He was like, well, maybe. What do you think? Like, and explore it. And I was just so used to the direct answers. Definitive I'm sure answers. now if I took it, I would like it. But I was like, I don't fucking know. That's why I asked you. you. You're standing up at the board. So I guess, yeah, like those two things, my mom, um, sociology background, the skate culture has a lot of mental health issues, like, deeply embedded in it. Um, substance use is, like, through the roof. I mean, as you can imagine, like, job insecurity and, like, yeah. you know, a lot of it's, like, chosen homelessness, but there's still, like, this housing instability, too. Like, whose house am, or, like, whose couch am I crashing on for the next couple months type of thing? Yeah. And then also met a lot of was introduced to a lot of people who had like more serious um, issues like bipolar disorder or like um, a handful of people with uh, schizophrenia and kind of seemed like a, a niche I could work with. Yeah. And you know right. it. Yeah. Like you have a direct connection as yourself, but also like your friends, people you are around mm -hmm. experience. Totally. I'm sure it's going to be easier to connect with a kid who you might look similar to, or you might like, be like, hey man, I hit that too. Like that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Then someone who maybe looks like me, and I'm like, yeah, I used to like try and pop a wheelie or whatever, an ollie. <laughs> yeah, and like as I've kind of tried to narrow my focus more in the counseling world, that's just the young adult men in in general. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of it. Sounds like weird to say out loud, I guess, but like part of the uniqueness that I have to offer is to that where it's like, absolutely, okay, who's this like? tattooed long-haired dude who's like seen some shit he doesn't look um, like what they portray on tv and sure. movies like it's always yeah the opposite of it's the opposite yes yeah. i think I, I the joke i make is like it's you know a, a white-haired woman wearing like six scarves right? yeah and so i think that's kind of a, a space that i could fill that's of interest to me and i think could like help a lot of folks that might not otherwise connect with someone or, or reach out. Yeah, it's such a vulnerable space. And so how did you land on, I guess you, Denver's, you were in Colorado and yeah, it's close by. Did you apply anywhere else? I applied um, kind of similar to a lot of people. COVID sort of like forced my hand, or not forced my hand, but um, was like a needed nudge mm -hmm. uh, to go back to grad school. Leading up to that, like kind of my entire life blew up. Whereas, like, my girlfriend of many years, like, moved to New Hampshire to go to medical school. And so, like, kind of lost that relationship. Was, like, living on my friend's couch. Had just had, like, a pretty serious accident in, in Yosemite and, like, couldn't climb. So I had, like, wow. lost, like, physical, social housing. Like, all this shit. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening? Um, oh, so I was kind of, like, I don't trying to latch on to, like, like, some sort of stability, you know? So I applied to UC Denver as my first choice. Mm -hmm. Um and then I applied to Lewis and Clark University in Portland, okay. which, like, God, I'm really happy that didn't work out. I guess, it, not that it didn't work out, I just ended up not going there. Um, and then I was going to apply to Regis and um, Westminster College in Salt Lake. Okay. Were, like, the four options. And Denver was the one I first applied to, interviewed, and then just got in. And so, yeah, again, I think, like, 
trying to find some sort of like framework from which I could like rebuild my life on. Yeah. It was weird being online. It was nice. Obviously it didn't look how we all pictured it, but it was like every day I was like, okay, I'm going to go to class. Like it was a nice, and I wasn't, I had gotten laid off. I don't know what, what were you doing? Like, were you working before COVID or during it all? Yeah, that was part of it too. Oh, I guess I'd, I forgot to mention that. My, um, I was doing like outdoor ed for many years and ended up like leaving this job because I got passed over for a promotion. So it was then like my job had oh my gosh. imploded as well. And so I tried a bunch of different things, but then like, yeah, the pandemic, I was just doing the unemployment thing. Yeah. Riding the wave. Yeah. The unemployment wave. I had to like create a schedule for myself before I went to school. That structure of school was so nice. And on top of it was like, how are y'all doing today? Yeah. It was, I'm like, oh, I think it was so bad. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I cried every day on camera. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, in so much unknown during that time, like having a schedule like that. And yeah. Like, this is what's happening, and I know that it's happening regardless of anything else. It's, like, yeah. So helpful. I was nannying because I just kept getting laid off from everywhere, and mm. they were, it was perfect. Like sitting on the couch, watch when COVID started to really impact the U.S. and um, it was like so unpredictable. They're like they were closing the grocery stores and the dispensaries and the like liquor stores, and then the next day on TV they're like, "No, we're not." Like it was like, "Okay, what the, what fuck? the fuck is happening?" <laughs> like, yeah. so it's nice having it was nice having that anything at all, truly <laughs> any sort of stability at all. Oh, wow, what a journey! What do you? want from after you graduate what's your idea of and it never goes as planned but what's your idea or hope I mean I think like medium to long-term plan is just like open up a private practice and find a balance that works for me and yeah enjoy my life (laughs) do you want to stay in Boulder I wouldn't mind yeah Yeah. I think like my partner and I talk about other places in Colorado but Colorado is probably like the the vibe at least for the next few years yeah, yeah. foreseeable future. Yeah, it's cool, like, kind of getting to the end here. and being, It's so uh, cool. Yeah, being 30 and, like, all of my friends are working jobs and, like, buying houses and shit. I feel, like, a little bit behind, so I'm excited to <laughs> excited to, to catch up and yeah. all that. It's funny. I, I feel like that a lot and have felt <clears throat> that way, but then my friends will be like, you're just so lucky that you love what you're doing. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push a little bit back on that because you went to Mexico for two weeks and lived there right? because you work remote and then you could take off PTO. Yeah. And so it's, it's ironic when people say that. I mean, I feel like it's definitely a, a grass is greener type of thing where, yeah, I think once I'm like working and kind of like have my flexible schedule and I'm taking time off my my friends who work like in the tech world will be like, oh, like that's so sick. But I also look at them and I'm like, it's cool that you feel like okay with working five days a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you get all these benefits and like make X amount of money or whatever. And you have so like, like the same structure every day. Yeah. And I like think that's cool. And that, but then I'm also like, yeah, I can't work to five days a week. It's like not possible. No, it, it would not <laughs> I have, be possible. I don't have the work ethic for it. I would rather work <laughs> three days a week and work an absurd amount of hours within three days so I can have more days off. I mean, or not work a ton of hours, but like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a dream. Ideal. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to work the same amount of hours, I would 
much rather mush it into one small compact thing so I can be doing what I want with a less structured schedule. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't sit at a desk, which is why I don't. <laughs> We're not cut out for much. Which is why I haven't <laughs> typed any of my notes. <laughs> We're not cut out for the real oh, world. Is anyone, though? Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I've, like, I haven't lived anywhere as an adult except for, like, my niche, like, Neverland, uh, like, fantasy life in Arizona. <laughs> um and Colorado, so I feel like that's always been, like, the thing at the forefront of everyone's mind is, like, how can we maximize the amount of fun that we're having? Yeah. But yeah, I definitely feel like the East Coast, like, New York finance thing is... It's uh, not it. runs deep. <laughs> it's just not people, it. for sure. Oh, well, thank you for sharing everything. It's fun to hear people's stories, especially, I think, COVID, no one really hung out in person yeah. from the program, and it's fun to get to know everyone and... Like established friends mm-hmm. because I relied on Zoom to know people's name. Yeah. And so now like, oh, you had a life before this. Right. And it was very different from my life. So it's fun to hear. Totally. Appreciate you sharing. Of course. Okay, last question. Mm-hmm. What is your walkout song? What's my walkout song? Yeah, or your skate out song. You know, like <laughs> of life. Like when I'm like leaving for the day, what's playing? Sure. I mean, that, yeah, that works. You know, you like yeah. your main character song. Yeah. Main character moment. Main character Marshall moment. Holy shit. Um, I just saw your life like <laughs> go across your eyes. I know that's the hardest question of all. Oh my God. We're going to like sit here in silence. I know, I'm like going to, I'll have a sip of coffee. Marshall is, did you work at a coffee shop ever? Yeah, for sure. Oh, sweet. I mean, you gave off the vibe, so I kind of assumed. <laughs> yeah, and then me. when you were tamping, I was like, he knows what he he's knows doing. He's shit. got that 90 degree angle, baby. <laughs> he made me a really good Americano. Yeah, I'm a service industry guy. I'm a sociology major after all. What is my song? Uh, can I look through my Spotify? Yeah, absolutely. Do you go to a lot of uh, concerts at Boulder Theater? No, I've never been to one at Boulder Theater, actually. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, do you listen to The Brook and the Bluff? No. Okay, I'll send you that. Okay. Do you listen to Mount Joy ever? No. Okay, I'll you know I'll just send you that. <laughs> You're just blowing my mind right now. Shoot, dude, I don't know how to answer this. This is. Uh, you can have multiple. I'll give you mul- I'll give you multiple. You can have as many. Top as you of want. mind right now is like anything by Kevin Morby. There's a song by the Grateful Dead called "One More Saturday Night." Okay. That I think is just does it for me. Are you a deadhead? I wouldn't classify classify myself that way, but I love them, and like, uh, I guess it's not out anymore. My Grateful Dead record is usually sitting out. I see them, Dead and Co. at Folsom. Can I give you a hot take? Yeah, hit me. I think I love hot takes. I think John. Mayer, I live for hot takes. I don't like John Mayer. I think mm. he's super fucking annoying. Yeah, I think that that's a, a fair take. What's annoying about him? He's like, <sighs> okay, this is this is mean. He's kind of greasy. I said it. You're saying that's a kind of a greasy guy. Ah, different greasy. But greasy, but pretentious greasy. Mm. I'm like, he can rip, for sure. He goes off Brooklyn vibes, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> also kind of an asshole vibe. Yeah. But he's made a, a fantastic career for, for himself, and I understand the, like, clout that he has. And maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's just, like... 
I don't know what it is. You want uh, another uh, a responding hot take? I would love that. <laughs> I think that professional musicians, because of like how they're glorified, it's almost impossible for them to not be like ego-driven assholes. That's fair. And so there's a few people that are not. Kevin Morby is one of them. Okay, I'm excited um, for Kevin Morby. And... Yep, that's a good hot take. That's like a really nice <laughs> reframe hot take. Yeah, I don't know. Usually, honestly, you're one of the first people, and it's usually men, who are like defending John Mayer for their life. They're like, why would you ever fucking say that? And I'm like... <laughs> you're saying that I'm, I take it back. that I'm defending him? No, no, you're the first person, one of the first people who hasn't like come for my life. Oh. Whatever. So I appreciate that. I, I have a, a good knack for finding the annoying thing and... Anything that, like, basically, if people like something, I try not to be into it. It's part of my thing. I did that with, um, what's that TV show? Um, everyone, like, dies in the win winter's coming. <laughs> what is it? Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I've never We're watched like, it. But you yeah, gotta watch this. I'm everyone like, absolutely dies not. Winter is coming. I'm not watching that. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I haven't watched it either. Won't do it. Solidarity. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm like, I'm not watching this because everyone's talking about it, and I want to be that, like, I mean, I also didn't understand it, and I didn't pay attention. Yeah. I watched, I tried to watch the first episode. Everyone died, and I missed it, because I, like, looked down for a second, and, and I was like... it goes to black, and you're like, like what the fuck? It's already over. Like, yeah. What's going to be next? Everyone's already dead. I respect that trait in people. Same. Um, my girlfriend, who can hear us, gets annoyed by... <laughs> gets annoyed by that, where she'll, like... When she asks me to do something, it's... My first instinct is to be like, oh, I really don't want to do that just because you asked me. Um, I think it's kind of a similar thing. Not my most flattering trait, but, but what I've learned to live with. It makes you different, right? It makes you you. And that's important to me, I guess. If, okay, if I have another hot take. No, yeah, no, I'm not over it. Uh, I think pancakes are better than waffles. However, I think Eggos are better than Belgian waffles. I think Eggos are the most underrated frozen meal. I feel neither which way about that. I, I appreciate your I appreciate your hot take. I was I waiting to defend it. I was How waiting to defend you, it. Thank you, thank you. No. Um, Last night I fought for my life with Eggo waffles. Really? Yeah. Okay, what's another what's a hot take? I don't know, maybe I'm hot takeless at the moment. Dang. I like that you have yours like in your pocket though. I yeah, I'm always trapped with hot takes. Uh, those are my two biggest hot takes. Again, it's like like Megan's listening to this, and I'm sure she has some. And she's like, "You say this all the time, and it's fucking crazy." <laughs> Meg, if you want to share, Megan, headphones in maybe. Yeah, she's yeah. locked in. It's locked up. What a love to visit. Um, oh, sorry, did we scare you? I don't know. Damn. If you think of any, send them my way. I'll yeah. I'll throw them into the intro. Perfect. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. That mm -hmm. was so fun. Yeah. I had a good so time. much fun. Good time. Good coffee. Well, heck yeah. I see I'm so bad at goodbyes. I never <laughs> this. Thanks for having me on the show. I uh, really appreciate it. I love sharing a little bit about my life. Um, my ego feels a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, I'll build you up. I'll knock you down too. <laughs> Don't you worry. So. I hope so. I hope so. Okay. Well, signing off. And that's it. <laughs>